0: Welcome to Upstream Teaching with Richard Harris, Bible-based, grace-filled teaching that will raise your hopes and stir your faith. And now, here's Richard. Hello everybody, thank you for joining us today on Upstream. Uh, This is Richard Harris and I'm just super excited to be with you today. Uh, Very excited about this series that we're in. Uh, We are talking about how to receive your miracle or how to receive a miracle. And uh, uh, I got good news for you today, guys. God is the God of miracles, and He is still doing miracles today, and He still wants to do miracles in your life. Last week we talked, we started talking about the subject of uh, God is the God of miracles, and we looked at a bunch of miracles from the Old Testament and some scriptures. And I, I wanted to just share with you, as I ended last week, I said, you know, Jesus, Jesus was anointed to do miracles. He was anointed for that purpose. If you look in Acts chapter 10, verse 38, the Bible says how how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Wow, what a powerful verse. Did you hear in there that it said Jesus went about doing good and doing miracles? So uh, we, we know God's a good God, don't we? And, and yet we, we, we like to say things like, oh, God sent this sickness on me to teach me something, or God's got me poor because He wants to keep me humble. But the Bible says that doing good and miracles here are the same thing and that Jesus was anointed in order to do those things and to heal all who were oppressed of the devil. Amen. John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus said that he who believes in me the works that I do, shall He do, and greater works than these, because I go unto My Father. Now, do you think that passage was intended just for the apostles? It doesn't sound like it, does it? He who believes in Me, do you believe in Jesus? Why aren't you doing miracles? Why aren't you? I mean, why don't we see more miracles today? Well, we're going to talk about a really big reason today, as we segue into the next lesson. And, and this subject, uh, today is called, this lesson is called your miracle has already been given. Your miracle has already been given. I want to, I want to pause for a second to allow you to think about what I just said. Your miracle's already been given. Wait a second. You're saying, Richard, I, but, but I'm still sick. I still need finances. My law, my loved one is still lost. I still need a breakthrough in this area or in that area, in my emotions, in my mind, whatever the case may be. The point I'm trying to make today that you're going to have to um, maybe meditate on is that God has already provided for you and for me everything that we need in life. John chapter 21 Uh, Verse 25, we read that last time, and it said that Jesus has done more miracles. He did more miracles in his earthly ministry than could uh, even fit in all the books in all the world. And um, uh, on the break, I was talking with our producer, Jeff, and he was telling me that at one time he heard that if you look at all the stuff that happened in in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it really only covers about uh, 30 to 50 days of time in Jesus' life. And yet, we know that his ministry lasted three and a half years. So, how many more miracles did he do? What else did he do? What happened on all those other days? The Lord walked in the supernatural. And he wants that to be your experience, too. So, um, uh, this morning, what we want to do, or today, we want to dive into deeper into this subject that everything we need in life has already been provided for us in Jesus Christ. And we receive those things in this realm by faith. We receive miracle power in our lives by grace through faith, just like everything else that we receive from God. There's a seldom cited verse in the New Testament, a verse that doesn't get cited very often, that has the power to radically change your life. That verse I want to share with you today is Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. It says there, As you have therefore received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk ye in Him. Let's read that again. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. This verse is saying how you, the way that you received Christ, that is exactly how you're supposed to walk in Christ. The way that you got saved is how you're supposed to live. How did we receive the Lord? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So let's listen to that again. Verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not by works, is it? Everybody knows that. Evangelicals cite this all the time. witnessing to somebody or trying to get somebody saved it's by grace are you saved through faith and and we put their faith in Jesus Christ's death and resurrection and we call them saved and then we go about trying to live according to the law live according to the works of our flesh and our own strength and our own effort ladies and gentlemen I got to tell you today brothers and sisters it's not just salvation not just getting born again and going to heaven that works that way it's every aspect of the Christian life, every aspect of following God in life, it works the same way. If you need God's power in any aspect of your life, you need his provision in any way, you access that provision, you access that power by grace through faith. We don't, we're not called to have a formula for salvation that's one way, and then live the rest of our lives the old way. The same word, saved, that you see in Ephesians 2, verse 8, for you are saved by grace through faith, is also translated healed. The Greek word is sozo, S-O-Z-O. It's much broader than heaven. It's much broader than saying my sins are forgiven. It actually literally means saved, healed, and delivered. The definition is kept safe and sound and rescued from danger or destruction. Saved, sozo. So let's go back to Ephesians 2 8 and 9 and read that again. For you are kept safe and sound and rescued from danger or destruction by grace through faith. That's what it says. You are saved, healed, and delivered by grace through faith. Sozo is translated healed made whole or made well or preserved, not just saved, but healed, made whole, made well and preserved 17 times in the New Testament. For example, Luke chapter nine, verse 56, for the son of man is not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. That word save there is the word sozo. Okay. So it's the same concept that uh, Jesus didn't come to destroy life. He came to sozo life. He came to protect, defend, preserve, deliver your life. You see, God's grace, what is God's grace? For by grace are you saved through faith. We think of grace, we think, oh, it's His unmerited favor, which it is. Grace means He forgives me when I didn't deserve it. That is what it means. But it means a whole lot more than that. Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2 is another key, another really important scripture that can unlock your understanding. It says there, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse two, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. All right, wait a second now. So we have come into grace and we stand in grace by faith. You see, the grace of God, is more than just forgiveness of sins. It's more than just, uh, you know, writing your name down so you can go to heaven. Remember Colossians 2.6? As you received him, so walk you in him. You see, the grace of God, the grace of God, literally what it is, is it's the unmerited or the unearned provision of God for every need in your life. God has provided everything we need in His Son, Jesus Christ. Say this with me if you're watching right now. God has provided everything I need in Jesus Christ. I already have it because it's already been given to Jesus. I already have it because Jesus is in me. That'll set you free right there. Listen to this verse. Second Peter chapter one, verse three, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that it has called us to glory and virtue. That's in the past tense. Let's listen again. According as his divine power hath given, that means has given it is done. He His divine power has given, well, what's he given me? all things that pertain to life. Does healing pertain to life? Do finances pertain to life? Do healed and whole relationships pertain to life? Does finding my career and prospering in my career pertain to life? Do relationships, it all is life, this life. He's already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. When it comes to godliness, well, I'm struggling against this sin and I'm struggling against that sin and you know, I'm doing my best to get by the Bible says He's already given you godliness. He's already given you all things pertaining to godliness. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us. Again, past tense, He's already given it to you with all spiritual blessings. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And and not to beat a dead horse here, but this the the root of unbelief, the root of unbelief is hard to get out sometimes. And we need to come at it with a vengeance. Listen to this this verse, 2 Corinthians 1 Before I go there, most people, most people, when they think about receiving from God, they think of themselves on the wrong side of the cross. They think that God uh, that they have to earn what they're asking, that they have to prove that they're entitled to it, or they have to twist God's arm to get him to do it. Most people think they have to pray hard enough or get enough people praying, enough people praying long enough. Let's start a prayer chain. Let's have an all-night prayer meeting. Let's beg God. Let's twist God. I used to hear preachers say things like, we're going to have a prayer meeting and we're going to lay hold on the altar, lay hold on the horns of the altar. As if we're trying to get God to do something. These verses that we just read said that He has already done it. He's already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's already blessed me with all spiritual blessings. There aren't any blessings that He hasn't already given me. 2 Corinthians 1.20 now. For all the promises, say all the promises, of God in Him, that means Christ, are yes, and in Him, amen unto the glory of God by us. The simple translation of this, or you put it in modern language, you'd say, God has already said yes to you for every promise. (laughs) You don't have to go to God and and wonder whether he's going to say yes to your prayer. It says here he's already said yes. Colossians 2.10, you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. We are already complete. That means finished and whole in Christ Jesus. Where, is, where is, uh, is the Lord inside of you? Is His Spirit living inside of you? The Bible calls Him Christ in us, the hope of glory. Colossians 2 verse 3 says that in Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Do you need a miracle today of wisdom and knowledge? Do you need how to know how to uh, navigate some situation or circumstance? Well, look, the Bible says that Jesus, all of that's already in Christ, and where is Christ? He lives inside of you. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.30, But of Him, that means of Jesus, or of God, I mean, of God are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us. So Jesus has been made by God unto us something. What? Wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption everything we need is already in Christ and he's been he's been made these things unto us all the promises of God it said are in him yes and amen you see Jesus is already filled with all the provision that you need with all the grace that you need it's already been given to you in Christ John chapter 1 Verse 16, the Bible says, Of His fullness have all we received grace for grace. Well, what is Jesus full of? Everything you need. When Jesus died on the cross, He said, It is finished. John chapter 19, verse 30, What was finished? Your redemption. Do you know that redemption means to buy back? Okay. Christ Jesus bought you back. Well, what did he buy you back to? Our original condition, and even better, says in Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. We have redemption in Jesus. Jesus is made unto us redemption. That means we are bought back to our original state. What was that? Well, if you look at the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve needed nothing. There was no sickness, there was no disease, there was no poverty, though they didn't even have concepts of these things. They didn't lack wisdom, they didn't lack relationship, they didn't need anything at all. It was perfection in paradise. We have been bought back now to that condition. Jesus is our paradise. He lives inside of us. This is why we can say with confidence, I mean, this is why Jesus said, this is why Jesus said, whatever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. John 14, 13. Listen to that again. Whatever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. That's an incredible promise, isn't it? Whatever you ask in prayer, I'm going to do it. How could Jesus say such a thing? Whatever you ask in my name, that I'm going to do, because it had already been provided. You are God's child, his kid, and he's given you access to everything he has. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is Romans chapter 8, verse 16 and 17. There, talk about us being the children of God. Let's look there. Starting verse 15. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. We talked about that in our last, last, uh, last series when we talked about adoption. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with them, that we may also be glorified together. Now listen to verse 32. This one ought to set you on fire. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Wow. You're sitting here today and you're saying, well, I don't have this and I don't have that. And I need God to do this and I need God to do that. Meanwhile, God is saying, I've already given it to you. I've already given it to you in Jesus. I've already provided everything that belongs to you as an heir, as my heir, as my son. You're a joint heir. That means a co-equal heir with Jesus already. You see, God cares uh, about every aspect of our lives, and He's provided for every aspect of our lives. It's not just about going to heaven, folks. 1 Peter 2.24, "...who in His own self bear our sins in His own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness." By whose stripes ye were healed. Past tense again. It's already been done. It's already been given. Healing, your healing, has already been provided in what Jesus did for us. I'm going to talk about healing later in this series. We're going to go into great depth on it. But what we need to understand today, the point we're trying to get across, is that everything we need in life has already been given. Finances have already been given. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. This verse, to me, I love it because it just destroys religion. <laughs> it destroys religious thinking. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that you through His poverty might be rich. Jesus has redeemed us from poverty. Everything we need is in Christ. Well, you might be wondering to yourself today, how could God have already provided something that I don't quite have yet? What are you saying, Richard? I don't have it. Look at me. I'm sitting here, uh, you know, with this condition or this problem. The Bible says in Revelation 13.8 that Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God slain from the foundations of the world. This means that God had already determined And laid in motion, set his plan in motion, that Jesus Christ would give his life for the sins of the world. Therefore, it can say that it had already happened. You see, when God decides to do something, it's as good as done. He knows the end from the beginning, doesn't he? Is there any circumstance or situation in your life that God didn't already know about before you were ever born? Is there anything that you've encountered that is a surprise and a shock to the one who knows all things? Who knows the end from the beginning? Genesis chapter 22 has an amazing story in it. This is the story of Abraham offering his son Isaac. God had promised Abraham that he would have a son and that his son would have descendants who would become more numerous than the sands of the seashore or the stars of heaven. And about 10 to 12 years after Isaac, his heir, was born, God appeared to Abraham in Genesis 22 and told him, Abraham, get your son Isaac, thine only son, and go to a place that I will show you and offer him as a sacrifice to me. Abraham immediately got up the next morning and took his son and a bundle of sticks, and and they headed off to uh, Mount Moriah. It's no coincidence that Mount Moriah is Mount Zion. It's the same mountain where Jesus Christ was crucified and where the temple of God was built. You see, that is the location that God had ordained ordained for the sacrifice for you and me. And this is a type and a shadow of Christ, this event right here, which I don't have time to go into the details of that, but I want you to hear something. Abraham goes to the mountain, and as he has the knife in hand, he's about to slay his son in obedience to God, the angel of the Lord stops his hand. And Abraham turns and he sees a ram caught in the thicket. And he is told to offer that ram as the sacrifice in the place of his son. And it says at the end of that story in verse 14 that Abraham called the name of the the place Jehovah-Jireh. The the, the Hebrew Jehovah-Jireh literally means the Lord who sees to provide. It says he called the place Jehovah Jireh, as it is said this day in the Mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. What shall be seen? The provision of the Lord. You see, God sees your need in advance and has already provided for it in Christ. Do you think that sin and death in this world was a surprise to God when we rebelled in the Garden of Eden? No, Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundations of the world. God knew that was going to happen and already had a plan for it, already provided for it. That's why he's able to speak in the past tense. Here's the good news for you. There's a miracle in Jesus that has already been provided for you today. This principle that I'm telling you about today is perfectly illustrated in a story in the Bible that's in Mark chapter 5, there was a woman, it says, Jesus, there was a guy named Jairus who came and wanted Jesus to come heal his daughter and Jesus is on his way. And a woman comes along. And there's a, the crowd is so, is so great and pressing against him uh, that she has to fight her way through the crowd. And she um, had, this woman had an issue of blood. That means she was bleeding internally for a long time. She spent all her money on doctors and it didn't do her any good. It says in verse 26 of Mark 5, she'd suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Verse 27, when she had heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. Verse 28, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And then it says in verse 29, once she touched him and straightway, the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. By the way, that word healed is sozo. <laughs> same thing right by grace are you healed by grace are you sozo by grace are you saved and Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him turned him about in the press and said who touched me his disciples said master why sayest thou how, who touched me um, th- without reading the rest of it the point of, that I'm bringing out out of this passage is this Jesus did not know that this woman was coming up to touch Him, and yet she was healed anyway. That's a powerful concept. You see, we think we have to get God to act. We have to get Him to do something. This shows us right here that the healing power of Almighty God was already available for this woman. The second she touched Him, she was healed, and Jesus didn't even know she was coming. Most of us think we have to get God to do it. But the power and provision for your miracle has already been given in Jesus. He he said to her afterward, Thy faith hath made thee whole. You see, there's a principle of the kingdom here. It applies across the board. Our salvation, our healing, our deliverance, our provision, our meeting of every need, the grace of God has already been provided for us. And we receive that. We receive that miracle by grace through faith. The grace of God is what is his provision for our every need in Christ. This is the best of news, isn't it? Whatever your need is in life, it doesn't matter. Name it. You don't have to earn it, God's provision, God's answer. You don't have to deserve it. You don't have to achieve it. You don't have to persuade God to do it. He's already said yes. He's already finished it. He's already provided for it. The word, as it says in Romans ten eight, the word is near you even in your heart. That is the word of faith, which we now preach. All you have to do is get a hold of the word, get the word in you and speak forth the word and you'll be saved and you'll be healed and you'll be delivered and you'll be prospered. We have access by faith into this provision that's already been made, into this grace, Romans 5.2. We have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Let's flush that out. We have access by faith into this provision that's already been given for us. Faith is the key. Faith is the key that unlocks the vault, that opens the spigot, that opens the pipeline. And that's what we're going to talk about in our next installment in this series. Faith is the missing ingredient. How do we walk by faith? How do we receive our miracle? So I hope you'll join us next time as we dive deeper into God's Word and discover how to walk by faith. Thank you guys for joining us. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Upstream Teaching. To hear more from Richard Harris, To partner with us or discover our range of free ministry and community resources, go to upstreamministries.com.